thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Um, so instructions matter and sometimes we learn the hard way, don't we Johnny? Yeah, we learn the hard way. So today's reading actually seems quite harsh. Um, when you read it outside of context of um, what I believe Jesus is meaning. Um, and it actually seems that it could contradict some Bible messages that you might already know. So let's have a read and you'll see what I mean. Because when I first read it, I'm like, thanks, Johnny. No wonder you don't want to speak on this bit. Um, so Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 to 42 say this. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone receives a prophet because he's a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and anyone who receives a righteous man because he's a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives a cup of water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he certainly will not lose his reward. So to put it into context, really, you, you, you have to read the whole chapter. But basically, Jesus is speaking to his 12 disciples before he sends them out, instructing them, giving them authority in his name to heal the sick and drive out evil spirits. When the disciples finished listening to the instructions, they went out and they preached and they taught from this new authority that Jesus had given them. He had equipped them with all that they needed. So the summary of the verses, love others more than him, you're not worthy of him. If you don't take up your cross daily and follow him, you're not worthy of him. If you find your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life, you'll find it. Receive Jesus, you receive the Father. A prophet gives a prophet's reward. A righteous man, a righteous man's reward. And not giving a cup of water means you lose your reward. So what does it mean? Let's see if we can unpack it a little bit more. So taking up your cross daily involves loving him above all other people and all other things. Loving him more means, if we love others more, it means that we're not worthy of him. We have to be willing to follow him regardless of the physical or social consequences. It's a radical commitment to following him, surrendering our personal ambition to God 
and living according to his will. Taking up your cross is a metaphor for devotion rather than a call to martyrdom, although for some this has been a case. Luke 9.23 is about denying ourselves to give up our own way for Jesus. Taking up your cross daily is not about carrying a physical cross or a heavy burden. Jesus has already done that for us. It's about recognising that he's done that and expressing our gratitude for all that he's done by following him and being all that he wants us to be. Being willing to die to ourselves and live for Jesus, putting him first, no matter what. People have lost their lives so that others can live. How does that make us feel when we hear that? We would and should live very differently. There is great gratitude towards organ donors, someone able to give a chance of living beyond themselves. Although it's not necessarily a willingness at that time, an intention to die to save another, but we have a glimpse of that new life that it brings. As a family, um, we've been watching Band of Brothers. I don't know if any of you have ever watched it. Um, I'd encourage you to. It's quite, yeah, it, it's quite emotive and it really, um, yeah, it's really very moving. It's a true-to-life series showing some harrowing stories and recollections from men who served in the war, giving their lives for a chance that, the life for others would be better. Some died saving their friends, and as they recall it, it's quite, yeah, it's quite powerful. They died intentionally by lying on grenades um, and took the impact of that grenade rather than it causing devastation and killing hundreds of men. The impact of the men that were left was so evident um, years on as they, as they record them telling their, their stories of them times they had tears in their eyes still even all these years later their lives were forever changed because others gave their lives to save them and they lived differently because of it Jesus gave these simple but life changing instructions we need to follow them we follow instructions and directions, we get the desired results. And uh, I'm really not a very good cook. Um, I cannot read a recipe um, or make a meal following instructions like that. I sort of wing it, really. Um, even when the instructions are step-by-step step and simple, it just doesn't work for me. Um, those of you that are eating in my house, you will know that. Um, it usually goes wrong and turns out very differently to what I intended. And the most famous one um, was before we got married, Johnny and I. Um, Johnny had come up for a weekend and I thought, I know, I'll be the perfect girlfriend. I'll treat him to a nice home-cooked meal, let him know what he'll get when we get married, you know. And I'd been collecting recipe cards and uh, for months and I thought, I'll be all homey, I'll be preparing to be a good housewife who cooks and cleans and sews and all the things that I am rubbish at then and I am still rubbish at now. 
Anyway, I digress. Um, because it's all about a lasagna, and uh, I had prepared everything, um, I'd followed the instructions. I have to say I felt quite pleased with myself. Um, it looked really good. Um, all I needed to do was to put it into the oven. And uh, so now I'd read the instructions, I'd reread the instructions. It had two times on it. It had a preparation time and it had a whole cooking time and uh, how long it would take for me to do the lasagna. And this is where things went wrong. Uh, because I put the lasagna in the oven and left it for the time that I thought it was meant to be in the oven. Unfortunately, um, I thought it needed to be in for the whole cooking time. To me, that was the part I'm cooking, yeah? And unfortunately, I hadn't taken into account that you had to deduct the preparation time from the whole cooking time. Um, in my defense, it wasn't very clear. Um, but this mistake resulted in a lasagna that was more like a frisbee and uh, definitely was not edible for cooking, uh, for eating after I'd cooked it in the oven for an hour and a half instead of half an hour. Um, <laughs> you live and learn. Um, sadly, after 25 years, um, I still have meal disasters on a regular basis. In fact, over lockdown, Johnny's done most of the cooking. I think he's finally realized it's, it's no go. Um, but I have mastered the art of an adequate lasagna. It's been my mission in life, yeah. So sewing was also not my strong point either. When I was at school, I made an oven glove that you were supposed to then use in your cookery lessons. And the glove I made was perfect in every way, other than the fact that you couldn't use it. Um, because I'd been told to quilt up the lines. It was striped material. Um, the teacher didn't tell me that the quilting had to happen before you sewed the glove together. So I had quilted it beautifully, straight lines with the, with the machine, right up the lines, right, you know, I thought it was amazing. But I didn't follow the instruction the teacher had first given us, which was, and I'd sewn both sides together so that when I'd quilted it, I couldn't get my hand inside the oven glove. The desired outcome can only be achieved by following the instructions and doing what they say and how they say it. Let's read our next passage, which again is in Matthew. Um, it's a similar idea. It's Matthew 16, verses 24 to 28. And it says this. And Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross, save your life, you'll lose it. What can we give in exchange for our soul? Jesus rewards us for what we do for him. So the same simple message, but it's difficult to follow, isn't it? 
It means making choices that impact daily living. They impact what we do, where we go, who we're with. And we may find it difficult that there's them choices to make. Loving God is a core statement of God's covenant with Israel and with us. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your minds. The first and greatest commandment. And the second says, love your neighbor as yourself. That was in Matthew 22. Um, but it's originally from Deuteronomy uh, 6, 4 to 9. So fundamental to the faith and central to everything, only God is worthy of worship, heart, soul, and strength, intellect, will, and emotions, spiritual and physical. All we are, all we can be for God. So actually in Deuteronomy um, 6 verse 4 to 9, verse 9 is prophetic. It says that they would again have houses and doorposts so that they would have a reminder of what they needed to do to acknowledge God, a reminder of him in the place that he was promised. So Matthew 6, it says, don't hang on to your life, you'll lose it. Placing yourself on the throne of your lives, you'll lose it. It denies Jesus his rightful place. Putting Jesus first is a conscious decision. If the Lord is your Lord, Jesus is reminding us of how we do it. To deny ourselves is a daily decision to put him first, to love him with every part of us more than we love anyone or anything else if the lord isn't your lord yet then this is how you do it you put him first putting him first can't depend on your circumstances first let me do this let me do that or the other johnny spoke about that a few weeks ago jesus is really blunt probably because like us the people he spoke to didn't quite get it. He needed to be blunt. We often don't quite get it. We might think that we're better than a simple message, that there must be more to following Jesus and these biblical truths, that they aren't enough, we need more. But Jesus is still using simple words now, and we still don't get it. We think it's okay for some people. They might need to hear it simply, but if that's really the case, it's probably you that needs to hear it and take that simple message on board. We will be more loving and caring, kind, encouraging, welcoming, and prepared to give up the comfortable to bless those around if we took it on board. So many times we think, if, I, if only I was there, then everything would be okay. If only I had a job, then everything would be okay. If only I was with that person or had that opportunity. If only I lived in that house or I was given this role in church or I didn't feel as poorly, I would be okay. If only I could do everything that I want to do, I feel I'm meant to, then I'll be okay. 
I could put Jesus first then because I could be the perfect person. Maybe we don't feel we think like this. A mere thought of me saying it to you makes you think, I don't think like that. Let me be blunt. Before you can truly can confirm that, have a check of your actions. See if they tie up with your thoughts. Do you really put God first in your actions? Do you really put him above your own comfort? I'm speaking to myself here as well as, as you guys. We can always have an excuse and it will always revolve around I. Maybe if God did all them things, then I would be okay. He's not listening to my prayers. He's not answering me. We can't live in a land of if only. Or we will never get on on a choice. A choice to do it or a choice not to do it. Either way, life revolves around choices. If we don't deal with doubt or worry or hurt or pain or addictions or anxiety or depression or anger or grief or forgiveness, I can go on. If we don't deal with it in this season, we will just carry it into the next season, wherever that's going to be. Let's just back up a bit. In Matthew 10, where it seems to contradict other parts of the Bible, the bit about loving our parents or children more than Jesus, it doesn't say that we shouldn't or can't love these people. But it does say, don't put them before God. Exodus 20, verse 12, one of the commandments and the only one with a promise says, honor your father and mother so that you will live long in the land that I will give you. Back in Bible times, it would have been seen the right thing to do to honor your father, but mothers, women, they don't have the same status. They need same need to listen to, but God clearly shows us here that there's a love for both, that both should be honored. Indeed, Jesus himself made sure that his mother was looked after when he was on the cross. In Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 2, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The context of Matthew 10 was that the Pharisees and teachers of the law were not honouring their parents um, with the excuse that the money or the time that they would have used for looking after their parents, they devoted to God. Um, but Jesus knew that that simply wasn't true. In Mark 7, Jesus talks about it. It was about adding to the law, which was what the Pharisees did and why Jesus pulled it back to the two commandments. Love God first, love others second. Parents, children, family, friends are all great gifts and blessings of people that we are given from God. And it is important that we love them and care for them, but they are not to take the place of loving God first. Love God first. If I do that, it makes me a better wife. It makes me a better mum. It makes me a better daughter. It makes me a better sister and auntie and friend. 
James 2 tells us that we need to provide for people physically and practically to meet their needs so that they can see Jesus. So that's confirmed in Matthew 10, 42. The passages that we've looked at in Matthew, both are Jesus addressing his disciples, those who are closest to him. It was his disciples that he was keen to know the truth of truly taking up their cross daily. That daily effort of lifting burdens off others and mirroring what he would do putting the needs of them first if we want to be close to Jesus that's what he's saying to us as well we need to hear these words and act and follow him wholeheartedly not just when things are good not just when things the the timing's right not just when we feel okay but daily denying things will get in the way of Jesus this might be our thoughts, our attitudes, our words, as well as what we do. I don't want what is written in Titus 1, 16. You look it up when you get home. But I don't want it to be written about Spring Mount. They claim to know God, but in their actions, they deny him. To deny something or someone means to refuse to admit the truth or existence of truth or a refusal to give to someone or something what they request and desire. Let's not be a church that refuses what God asks. Instead of refusing Jesus, denying him, let's refuse our own desires and deny them. Let's be a take-up church. Take-up means to be interested in or engaged or a pursuit, occupying our time, our space, our attention. Take-up is a much better thing to be involved in. Let's not refuse God, but let's refuse ourselves to put down our desires and take up his desires. Let's be interested in a pursuit of Jesus, allowing him to occupy our time and our attention. The more we focus on Jesus, the less we focus on ourselves and what we want. Jesus asks us to follow him to the cross, to come and put all our burdens, all our heartaches, all our pain, all our addictions, all our worries, all our grief, all our unforgiveness, and place it at the foot of the cross. Why? Because he has already dealt with it all. Why are we still insisting on carrying it around? No matter how good our intentions are, if we're still carrying so much baggage, we haven't got room left to pick up what he wants us to carry. Matthew 16 talks of not losing our reward. Reward is that recognition which is given for that service, effort or achievement. If we do what Jesus asks, we gain the greatest rewards and eternity in heaven when we believe him. That's what I want. It's not about doing things thinking, if I do it, I'll get something in reward. We aren't bribed to do it, like we do with our children, to get them to empty the dishwasher, 
or help with the chores around the house thinking that they'll get a treat of sweets or in our house ice cream it's recognition that eternity in heaven with the king of kings is the ultimate reward why would we not want to do things that please god why would we not want to do all the asses you might think that the message was just for the disciples that inner circle that chosen few it was simple because they were uneducated men and it's not for you but they once they'd had their jesus instructions were told to go and make other disciples in all nations teaching them all that jesus had commanded them to do it's about passing it on winning people for jesus because they see something different in us they can see what god is doing in our lives and the way we rise above circumstances and love like jesus following him to the cross denying ourselves and taking up all that jesus offers we can do things for the recognition of man or we can do things for the recognition and worship of the greatest man that ever walked the earth the king of kings and lord of lords i know who i want to put first but we don't always get it right but it's what we strive to do and with his help we can if we choose to so whether you're educated or uneducated um, like me and the ones that Jesus chose first, we can choose to live a life we were designed to do, to worship him and gain life in fullness and an eternity of the best. Or we can worship ourselves or others and be extremely disappointed with second best. Not what God intended when we've read the instructions but we've not followed them or acted in the right way and failed to make it as we desire to get stuck in a room when we could be in the place that we can only then see from a distance join me in following jesus following him to the cross denying self to give him everything and see blessings more than you could ever ask or imagine that's where we want to be that's what we want to do i'm just going to pray for you guys now um here and back home yeah father god i just thank you that although this message is simple god we need simple because we don't often follow the simple father god i pray that um yeah that you will move in people's lives today that they will hear from you what they need to hear that they are if they are carrying things that are holding them back god i pray that they'll put them down now and they'll put them down today because god you are worth it god you can give them so much more than what they've had in the past you can give them that future that they desire father god i pray that as we yeah as we come into your presence that we can worship you in spirit and truth father god that you will you will help us make right choices to choose to follow you to deny ourselves and to do it daily in worship to you 
Amen.